¿Qué onda mi gente? This is Liliana. I'm a lawyer, I'm a lover and a fighter like a lot of you and you're listening to Plot Twist. of the World Wide Web. Welcome to Plot Twist, the podcast where we talk about the plot twists in our life. Our goal is to highlight the culture and create community one conversation at a time. How's everybody doing this week? What's the vibe, y'all? How was everybody's weekend? Personally, I had a very refreshing weekend. It was actually what the fuck I needed. <laughs> Quite literally, honestly. And yeah, it was it was what I'd call a Papi Chulo weekend. And uh, Papi Chulo weekend is what I'll tell you guys a little bit more about in the vent sesh. <laughs> so if this is your first time here, welcome. Hopefully you fuck with the vibe. If you do, you have a lot to catch up on. This is episode 49. Feel free to hop around through the episodes. <clears throat> But you can always expect to find us every single Tuesday. We usually have a guest, and if we don't, I'll obviously let you guys know. But this is episode 49, y'all. The next one is The Big Five O, and I'm so excited about it. I'm sure I'll be talking to you guys a little bit more about that later. We have new episodes every single Tuesday, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe there. If you listen on Spotify, you can actually follow on Spotify. We're available on quite a few other platforms. And if you'd like to know of those, feel free to head on over to anchor.fm, look up Plot Twist, or you can go to the show notes. The show notes will have all the information of this episode. So just, you know, do your thing. Find them in the show notes. I appreciate y'all for subscribing, each and every single one of y'all. I know we're millennials, some of us, or some of us just have commitment issues. I get it. It's real. (laughs) Me too. But subscribe, y'all. Subscribe to the podcast. It's seriously so simple. And we'll be here every single Tuesday. So you want to be subscribed so you know about that. Also, the word on the street is that we're going to be doing bonus content whatever that's just the word on the street i don't know (laughs) subscribe though subscribe to the podcast y'all um i'm really excited for episode 50 so you'll definitely want to know when that comes out and last but not least stay connected on the socials we are on instagram and on twitter with the same handle at plot twist podcast p-l-o-t-w-i-s-t podcast I would love to hear from all of you on Instagram. Last week for episode 48 with our guest Estrella, we had quite a few shares. I do appreciate all of those. Thank you all. Somebody sent us um, plot twist from the sala. So they put plot twist on the TV while they were having their little breakfast. It was cute. Thank you guys for those tags and reposts. I really appreciate it. Keep them coming. Thank you all so much. Um, so again, that's Plot Twist Podcast, just as it is, P-L-O-T-W-I-S-T Podcast. City shoutouts. Thank you all for tuning in every single week, as you all always do. I really, really appreciate it. Shout out to the big two, Oakland and Los Angeles. Thank you both for always holding it down in the West Coast. Very, very, very well received and much appreciated on this side. (laughs) Um, But I will say that I want to shout out Paramount, California, Costa Mesa, California, and remarkably, Morgan, Utah. Super, super surprised about this little Morgan, Utah place because, yo, y'all have like a total of like, what, 12 streets? Surprising. Like, literally, I'm sure we could drive through it and we wouldn't have even known. No shade, no tea, just a fact. (laughs) So you guys probably know each other. Um, Super dope. I appreciate y'all. Whoever was the first one to listen to Plot Twist and told all the rest of y'all, shout out to you. (laughs) Shout out to all of you. 
Welcome to the vent session, y'all, a.k.a. La Ventana, where we open the big-ass window and let the air out. I personally believe that everybody deserves a little bit of space to just vent, or a lot of bit of space to vent, you know what I mean? So, welcome everybody to the vent sesh. Today, we're going to be talking about a few things. Like I said earlier, it was quite the Papi Chulo weekend. I did all the things that I needed to do to feel like a papi chulo, you know what I'm saying? So, um, obviously, did my laundry. Can't be a papi chulo with dirty laundry. So, did that, handled that. Got a haircut. Ooh, child. My goodness. I love getting a haircut. <sighs> There's that, like, mm, I want to say three to four day period between... The fresh cut and the in-between where, you know, if you have curly hair, like your curls, I don't know why, they just sit so fucking right and you just feel the back of your neck and it just feels so smooth. I don't know. I love it. Anyway, got my hair cut and I also did what I haven't done in a really really long time. I think through the whole pandemic, I've never done this. Even before, I'm not really one to get a pedicure. I'm not opposed to it. Like, I would love to do this more often, okay? But one, I'm just really bad at scheduling things like that. I don't know. I'm really bad at scheduling self-care things. Self-care period. The only self-care thing that I can manage to schedule is my haircut. (laughs) So I was really proud of myself for going to go get my feet done. They were needing that. I don't think I'll go back to that same place because it just wasn't it. But I still went and it was relaxing nonetheless. As I've said in other episodes, I kind of want to get into the habit of breaking the stigma or breaking the norm of vent sessions being negative or deep or heavy, you know, I think they can be super light. I think they can be about good and happy shit that's going on in our life. Right. So, um, to that vein, I would like to let you guys know that this weekend was also great because I was able to finally, finally (laughs) finish my vision board. I know it's April, right? Four months into the year, hella late. (laughs) This was supposed to be done in February. But I finally did it, y'all. I had been kind of putting it off and, you know, I was like, all right, let's actually paste all these things together and put it up. So finally got that done. I've only done one one time before, but it wasn't anything crazy deep. It was like an icebreaker activity that I did at some conference that I went to, you know, so it wasn't nothing that I really put much effort into. This time, this was a lot more intentional. Never really done one before, so let's see how this goes and how I accomplish the things. I'm actually pretty excited. I'm really excited to see how this works. Uh, I'm more of a whiteboard, write your goals on there and look at them until they be accomplished, you know? And that's been pretty cool, but I'm hyped to see this whole vision board situation. So if any of you guys have a vision board, let me know what that's like, how it's been working for you guys, so... Let's do this, y'all. Put me on because you don't know what you don't know. All right, my people, this is the segment where I put y'all onto something that you may or may not already know about. And if you do know about it, then we both get to geek out about it together. This week for Put Me On, it's a little bit of a music theme. It wasn't really planned to be that way, but it just kind of happened to be so. The first thing I wanted to talk about is an Instagram account called They Have The Range. And as it says in their bio, this is a music media platform for amazing writers who have the range. So I guess what initially really caught my eye about this account was that I stumbled across it because last week, I believe, was... Usher's 15 year anniversary for his Confessions album and so you know how the algorithms work and this account stumbled upon my Instagram feed or whatever. Anyhow, they are 
they were doing um the Superstar Rift Challenge, the Usher's Superstar song. I don't know if you guys know that song, but I'll play one of them or maybe a couple. But these riffs and this whole challenge had me super geeked. It's like a six-part challenge on their feed. So go ahead and follow. They have the range. Let me play one of them for you. These are so freaking good, you guys. They might give you guys chills if you guys are into covers and, you know, challenges like this. So so if you go to their account, this is kind of what it'll sound like if you go through the feed, you know. They are so good. Okay, last one. And I'll definitely be adding this Instagram page to the show notes. But um, yeah, this one definitely gave me the chills because it was a trio. I guess that's how you call it. I don't know. But this one was so freaking good. Like, come on. And that's all you're going to get. <laughs> Go follow. They have the range on Instagram if you want to see more of these. If you want to get the chills like I did head on over to Instagram and check that out. Like I said, this is kind of a bit of a music theme put me on. I wanted to bring up a Spotify playlist that I came across a few weeks ago. It's part of a series called Written By, and it's basically a compilation of songs that a specific artist or producer has written or been a part of. The specific playlist that I'm talking about today is called Written by Tiny, and Tiny is my favorite producer of all time. He has been part of the production of some of the most throwback classic reggaeton songs. And so yeah, it's a compilation of the songs that he's been a part of. He has an extensive career he started when he was 15, and um, he's pretty young, and man's is cute, man's is handsome, <laughs> listen, and he's pretty young too, like I said, he started when he was 15, so what I really like about these playlists is that they provide the Spotify stories, and what it is is basically, you know, stories just like any other social media platform, but it's a video of them talking to you about whatever they want to tell you about their career. And in this case, he's telling us about how he started, um, some of the most epic tracks that he's been a part of. So go ahead and check out Written by Tiny. Save it on your Spotify playlists or however you do. Um, go check out the other playlists as well. They got K Tronada on there. I'm a pretty big K Tronada fan. They got who else they got? They got the Alchemist, Masego. I love Masego, so I'm gonna definitely be checking that one out later. They got my wife, Jesse Reyes. I just seen that right now. They got so many people. Miles Davis, Missy Elliott. So so many, y'all. So go ahead and go check that out. Find a playlist that you like and let me know what y'all think. Welcome to the bread and butter of the show, La Sala, where we get to kick back and get to know each other. We get to talk about a specific topic and sometimes we have a guest, sometimes we don't. In this case, we do. As you all heard at the top of the episode, we are going to be talking to Liliana, and we're going to be talking about quite a few different things. Liliana and I are friends from way back when, and we reconnected, again, out of coincidence, and uh, <laughs> we'll be talking a little bit about that. But anyway, enough about me. Let's get into the sala. I think the one thing I remember the most is the the pictures on top of the fireplace. Okay. Um, um 
my mom always put the most current school picture of us on the fireplace. I right now I think it's everybody's graduation picture. Um, so no longer the you know the the, the yearly pictures we would take in school, but uh, I think it's everybody's graduation picture, and uh, I think that that is the that is the proudest and the loudest part of the sala because people walk in, but before they sit down, they are eye level with the, the top of the fireplace and these pictures. And it's a conversation starter, right? Like you see three young women in robes, in, in graduation robes, right? And, and they say, oh, who's that? Or like, what, you know, or are those your daughters? And then my mom is given this opportunity to brag about us because she's super proud of us. Um, and, and she's, and that, and those, those pictures of us have always been there on, on top of the fireplace. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, rem remembering and sort of, and, and having a, a space to, to celebrate those victories is really important in any home. Um, mm -hmm. But for, you know, for my mom, it was really um, like, she, she doesn't have our diplomas out. She doesn't have like letters or anything like that. It's just, it's those pictures because right. those sort of capture, um, they capture the climax of- I mean, a picture is worth a thousand words, you know, right. as they say. Right, yeah. But yeah, and I, I so I think the, the graduation pictures, they, they're the, they're the height of, you know, they're of my parents' immigrant story, right? Because they came to this country with a very specific goal and, um, and they were able to see that materialize, right? Into three young women graduating from institutions of higher education. Which is where I was about to get to, and I'm glad you are going in this direction. So how did like your parents hard work and hustle like motivate you to kind of do what you're doing now? And how did it motivate you to have the, you know, the ganas, as we say, to push forward, you know, because education isn't, isn't for us, you know, per, as they say, it's not like these systems are made for us. And you know, you coming from where you came from, with the story that you just told us, like, you know, I'm sure their hustle kind of did something to you, you know? Yeah, I, I think what I've learned most recently is that, um, you know, seeing my, my parents um, struggle through poverty and, you know, working outdoors and working in uh, physically demanding jobs, mm -hmm. um, translates into to any field that my sisters and I decide to go into um, because no one can no one can instill in you the passion and the purpose that my parents instilled in me oh like, I love your, that your parents I love that quote that was really good no one can you say that again no one can what no one can instill in you the passion and the purpose that my parents instilled in me. That's beautiful. I hope y'all are taking notes because that was a gem. <laughs> anyway, proceed. <laughs> my bad. Um, and, and what I mean by that is there, there are a lot of things that money can buy. And as uh -huh. we, as we you know, grow older and as we start to make our own money, we realize that, right? That there's, uh, there's a lot of power in money, um, but that that power isn't infinite. Um, and what I've realized in my, in, in my line of practice is that people can pay you to do a lot of things, right? People can pay you to show up. People can pay you to, to write a document. People can pay you to say certain things, right? But people can't pay you to be passionate about your work. That comes from within. And I was very fortunate that my parents sort of lit that fire in me uh, to be passionate about whatever goal I set my mind on. And then similarly, 
no one can pay you enough to have purpose. And, and what I mean is, you know, not, not to have purpose, you know, in your daily job, but to have a life's purpose, right? No one is going to sit there and say, I'm going to pay you to, you know, to, so that you think you were put on this earth to do this, right? Like no one's going to tell you that. That's something that grows from within. And that comes from, you know, how and where you were raised and, and to what extent you decide that experience is going to define you. Um, and, and for me, so for me, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to, to be passionate about the line of work that I'm in. I, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a lawyer. I represent workers. I represent low wage workers, uh, minimum wage workers in, in wage theft cases and in discrimination and sexual harassment cases. And most of my clients, if not all, remind me of home and remind me of my parents, right? They're Spanish speakers. They call me mija. Um, they're, you know, inviting me out to eat, right? They're inviting so me cute. to like try their, their tacos or their tortas. Um, they end phone calls with things like, que Dios te bendiga, right? It's not, you know, this isn't a corporate client who just wants me to produce an outcome. Um, this is a job where you, you are paid for certain outcomes, right? You're paid to, to perform a certain job, um, but, but your job is just so much better if you, if you honestly and inherently just give a shit about the people that you are working for, the people that you are serving. And, and it makes a lot of those hard moments more enjoyable and, and tolerable and, and actually like they're learning moments, you know? Um, whenever I have a hard day, which is, which is a lot of the time, I, I always sit down, I take a deep breath and I think to myself, um, you know, my mom is really proud that I'm here right now. There's a lot of bullshit there's a lot of bullshit going on. Um, you know, maybe my bosses are, are, um, are making my job a little bit difficult. Maybe my coworkers are making my job more difficult than it should be. Maybe the clients are making my job harder than it should be. But you know what? My mom, my mom and, and my dad, if he were here, would be super proud that I am able to struggle in this way. Um, and, and no amount of money can compensate for that. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like uh, people of color and, and um, Latinos, first generation students, first generation professionals, I feel like we really undervalue this, this, this sense of purpose and, and passion that our families ignited in us. Um, you are not, you know, you're, you're not, you're not just somebody who's going to fill a boilerplate role, right? You are somebody who has something else to bring to the table. And I've always said this, like whenever I talk to somebody who is thinking about, you know, going to college or going to law school and really not sure about whether it's for them, I always remind them that that none of this was for us, right? Our families weren't born here. Our families weren't, weren't, um, were meant to be here, right? They, they put up a fucking barrier for us to get into this country, right? For some, for other people, multiple barriers, right? Like if you're <laughs> yeah, coming from Latin sure. America, right? Multiple barriers. Um, so we're not, we're not supposed to be here, um, but, but we are. And so, and that means something and, and, and that journey of coming here, even if we weren't part of that journey, that journey has a trickle down effect. And, and if, if you really pay attention to your parents and to your family or you know, to whoever raised you, especially if they're immigrants, that shit will seep into you. Like you, like it is so hard not to feel it. It is so hard not to feel that that sort of like raging desire 
to succeed. And everybody that I talk to feels this, but for some reason we're afraid to show it and, and we're afraid to, to capitalize on it. And you know, to be honest, white people and other people have been capitalizing on shit that wasn't theirs to begin with for fucking decades, for centuries. <laughs> you better preach. Right? So why don't we take something that our families worked hard for, right? This, 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 the liberty to pursue, you know, economic stability and success in a new country. Like we need to capitalize on, on this momentum that they have built. And, and I don't, I don't think enough young people realize how marketable that is. Like, I yo, don't think I would have known that either. Like that is really like, you're like hitting the nail on the head and nobody even knew there was a nail to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, I think that what you're saying is just so important for us to like, it, it's almost like the fire is under our asses, but sometimes we've been feeling that fire for a while that sometimes we get numb to it. I don't know if that makes sense. So yeah. Yeah. what you said is is really is really beautiful but like if you could go to let, like let's take it back again to yeah. to um to little Liliana like to you when you were like in high school like yeah is there something that you would tell yourself um about your journey or is there something that you would want to tell yourself to like you know like a consejo that you could go back and tell yourself wow I've heard of this question before, but nobody had ever asked me <laughs> this. I live by the airport, so I'm going to mute myself for a second because the planes be out here. Okay. We are going to take a short break right here, and I'm going to ask you guys the same question. If you could go back to young you, whatever age you want to go back to, what would you say to yourself? Whatever the first age that comes to mind, maybe you can speak to that chapter of your life. But I think it's a pretty interesting question. In this conversation with Liliana, we didn't really get to ask the what's your plot twist question that I get to ask in most of the Sala sessions. However, a lot of the stories and answers that Liliana was giving to us in this conversation kind of encompassed a lot of what a plot twist story would be. So take a minute to think about your own answer if you need to. Let's get back to Liliana. I would, I would tell myself, um, to be, to be confident at every step of my journey. Um, and to realize that sometimes confidence doesn't necessarily mean constantly taking steps forward. Um, confidence in yourself sometimes means slowing the fuck down and taking some steps back and realizing that that's okay. Um, that we are not perfect human beings and nobody is expecting us to be perfect, only ourselves. And that success looks different um, for, for different people and at different points in your life. Um, and, you know, something that somebody told me in, in college, my good friend, David. Um, oh, shout out to David, said, wherever he's at. <laughs> he's in San Jose. Oh, okay. Um, he said, and this was in college when my my first year of college, my dad had a heart attack and he had to have open heart surgery that first, that first fall semester. And, and I remember he said, God only sends his strongest soldiers to battle. And you know, normally I'm not really, I'm not a religious person. Um, like I don't study the Bible. I don't go to church every weekend. Um, but that, that sentence really has really stuck with me throughout this journey. 
um, because you really wouldn't be handed something that you are not capable of. Right, right. Um, like yeah. in, in other words, like God doesn't give you like more than you can handle or like more right. than you can bite off. Yeah, no, that makes sense because honestly, when you're a kid, sometimes you, we just look at adults sometimes and we're just like, dude, how do they do it? Like, it looks like adulting is easy because we only see the good side of adults sometimes or we only see right. what what adults let us see, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's really important, yeah, to have courage and to like taking steps back is also courageous because everybody is trained to think that it's go, 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 you know, siempre like, you know, always pa'lante, adelante, you know, but right. yeah. But yeah, so as everybody can already get a hint, you're a lawyer, you've gone to yeah. school for that. Um, could you tell us a little bit about like what it, what it was like kind of being in college, making up your mind to be a lawyer and like all of that? Because honestly, I remember growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer, but it was only because I wanted to help my family and other people like my family because, you know, immigration is so real, you know? and yeah. those struggles and just wanting to be able to snap your fingers and make everything good and all right for everybody is like a genuine desire that we as children of immigrants have right, right. so like how did you know that that was what you wanted to do and that how did you know to keep going with that deseo que tenías you know yeah. um well well that story is kind of um anticlimactic, but i will still <laughs> I will still, I'll still share it. So at, uh, so I went to UC Santa Cruz for undergrad and go banana slugs, right? Yeah, go slugs. And, <laughs> and I was in my third year at UC Santa Cruz. I was preparing to graduate uh, because I had enough credits to graduate in three years. And I was thinking of applying to a master's program because I knew that my education wasn't going to stop at UC Santa Cruz. I knew that for sure, uh, but I really didn't know what I was going to do. And a part of that was because, you know, I was the only person in my cohort graduating. And so I didn't have, you know, anybody to talk to about future plans, right? Like my friends weren't all talking about what they were gonna do because they had an extra year, right? Like they, they weren't worried about what they were gonna do after college, they still had an entire, year uh, to think about it. And so I really wasn't having too many conversations with people about what I wanted to do or, or what my long-term goals were. And so I was applying to master's programs and I think I was, I was seriously thinking about applying to some social justice program at San Jose State. And um, and I was, and I remember this conversation that I was having with a, with an ex of mine, um, where I was telling him that I was going to apply to San Jose State and just, just get it over with, like get the higher ed stuff over with, and, and he said, well, what would you do if there, if you didn't have any obstacles, like if there were no unknowns in, in the process of applying or in you know, the process of obtaining the career that you want, what would you do? Who, wh what would you be? And for some reason, without skipping a heartbeat, I said, I would be a lawyer. I don't know why. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I, you know, I, there are no other lawyers in my family there. Um, I, like I wasn't watching a lawyer show. Like I'm trying to remember, but I really, I, I don't know why. And, and I think I, it was just because I had this, um, this deep commitment to helping others. And mm. I felt like I could do it by going to law school and, and being able to represent people. Like that was, that was the hook for me. Like I want to represent other people because I, I know that a lot of people don't have access to resources like I do. Um, a lot of people don't um, speak the English language like I do. Um, and a lot of people aren't presented with this opportunity. 
And so that's what I would be. That's what I would do. I would go to law school and I would be a lawyer. Um, and then, and after that conversation, it was kind of, it just kind of all spiraled <laughs> towards, you know, applying to, to taking the LSAT, applying to law schools and telling myself, if you get in somewhere, you're going. So I got in somewhere and I went, I just took that summer off. Um, I didn't do anything but watch the show Weeds. Uh, I binge watched that show that summer. I've seen a couple episodes and it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it is good. And yeah, I just watched TV and was a couch potato, just eating, enjoying life in Santa Cruz. And then went to um, uh, UC Hastings for law school. And Which, by the way, every time somebody talks about law school and they're like, where should I apply, blah, blah, blah. I'm always like, I don't know, but you should go to UC Hastings. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, just apply there. My friends went there and I know two people that went there and they loved it. <laughs> they're like, wow, I have heard about a lot of, I've heard about it. I should check it out. And I'm like, yeah, go there. <laughs> just well, like, well, now, I mean, now more people are going to know about it because that's where uh, Kamala Harris went to law school. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah, so um, she So I always me. put your school on because I'm just like, the homies went there, they loved it, so thank why you. not? <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, it's also the oldest law school in California, so I think a lot of people have, have heard about it, or they know somebody who went there, so yeah. So that, that was kind of my, I guess, it would, like, that, that was a not exciting way of realizing that I wanted to no, that's actually kind of exciting. I mean, shoot, how many times can you say that you went off of what, like, like the first thing that came out of your mouth and mm -hmm. you actually, you know, how many people can say that, that they built a career or that they followed a word that they said that they were going to do? So, I mean, shoot, people have asked me what I want to do and I've always said different things. So, <laughs> that's okay. at least, wrong you know what that. I mean? At least you, you know, como dicen, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, what was like some of your biggest inspirations when you were growing up? Um, aside from my parents? <laughs> yeah, aside from your parents, like, did you see anything like growing up like on TV? Like, um, was there any like, just anything like even in music? Like one of my biggest inspirations is, is Tupac. I love I love Tupac for like the words that he just, just the, the, the way he like puts in different lyrics and just melodies and he's inspirational, he's sensual, he's intellectual with it. Like he just embodies yeah. like so many different things. And that's kind of why I really like Tupac. Oh my gosh. I wish I had analyzed Tupac when I was in high school. <laughs> Yeah, that was that's actually when I started really, really liking Tupac because we had to analyze a couple of his poems in one of my English classes. So I started to really love the way that he like formed his words and stuff. But um, well, besides my parents, I think I think somebody who who has inspired me to be not necessarily by their actions, but but because of the love that I have for them, um, she has inspired me to be the best version of me is my little sister. Um, so shout out to Santana, Tana for short. Which um, I love her freaking name. That's awesome, Santana, that's beautiful. That's her name. That was my, my grandma's name, my dad's mom's name. Yeah. Um, I always, I felt like, because so I, I'm the middle child. I have an older sister and a younger sister. And I always felt that growing up, um, the bond I had with my little sister was, was very special and very and, and unbreakable. And you know, if there was ever anything bad that happened in my family, um, like for example, my, you know, because my dad was elderly, he would get sick a lot. And so there were multiple times where the ambulance would just show up at our house at like 2 a.m. and there would be, you know, paramedics and, and cops at our house, right? Checking up on my dad and taking him away. And I always felt like I, I wanted to protect her from 
from ever knowing anything but happiness. And I think that 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 just encouraged me to be um, the the best person that that I could be at, at different points in in my life. And oh, and I also felt like so I, I was the first one to to leave my my parents' house to go to college because my older sister went to UC Merced. So she lived, she stayed at home and she commuted. And um, so I was the first one to leave. And I, I remember one time, my, my little sister said straight up, you know, you left me here. And I think at the time I was like having too much fun at UC Santa Cruz to really like, ponder um what she had said to me but when when I was transitioning from college to law school I I really thought about that and and thought about how you know if you're going to make that sacrifice of leaving your family and and you know missing out on all of those memories that they made without you then then it better be fucking worth it Right. Um, so I think like, like sin querer queriendo, she, she definitely influenced and encouraged me to, to seek the, the best opportunities and to be a good person when I was out and about in the world. Uh, because if I couldn't be there with her, protecting her and sort and like securing her happiness and and showing her my best then I had to do it somewhere else and I had to do it for someone else right and and my job makes that easy uh because it is so it this is a surprising statement <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that I'm going to say this out loud it is so easy to give a fuck about other people. But for some reason, a lot of people don't do that or they think that they have to give up, you know, some sort of um, part of themselves or, you know, their financial security or, or whatever it may be to, to be successful and to, and to actually care about the work that you're doing. Um, but I'm really fortunate that I'm, you know, I'm able to, to, to have a profession and, a, and occupy a role where I can, you know, be a professional, but also still be a human and be, you know, somebody's, be like a daughter to somebody, be like a sister to somebody. I'm just that daughter or sister that has a law degree and that has a license and that isn't going to let, you know, this company take advantage of you. Like, that's the only difference. I'm, I'm still a human being and I'm still like, I'm still that person that you can count on, but I have, but I have a license to practice law in the state of California. What is COVID like now as a lawyer? It's definitely different for everyone in every industry. But as a lawyer, I've never had anybody tell our audience or anybody about yeah. what COVID is like. I, I think that the, the legal profession, luckily for me, right, I got to keep my job, was very resilient to this, um, to the pandemic. The, the court system did shut down for, I mean, basically shut down for a few months, uh, but we were able to transition to um, remote appearances very easily. So now we appear strictly by the phone. Um, we appear via Zoom. Um, there's also this software called BlueJeans that people that some courts are using. So we appear remotely in court for, for every single um, event. And then we're able to accomplish most of our um, of our other assignments and, and tasks, um, you know, over the phone, by email, um, and, you know, by hosting Zoom 
or, or other video meetings with, with our clients, but it's been proven to be very uh, manageable. And I think that that says a lot about the justice system in, in this country, or at least in, in California. Um, it doesn't shut down as easily as, as other places did, which is, it's, I mean, it's kind of uh, reassuring, right? Um, we, you know, our cases, because I practice civil law, our cases were, are not a priority right now. The, the criminal cases are a priority, right? Because we need to give those individuals with constitutional rights the uh, priority right now because some of them are sitting in jail, sitting in prisons and they need their cases to be heard. And so our, I think our, our justice system uh, reflects right now um, what, the, what the appropriate priorities are. And, um, you know, as, as, a, as a lawyer in these COVID times, you have to be flexible. You have to learn, you know, if you, you have to learn new technologies, you have to learn new ways of communicating um, and, and you have to be, you have to continue to be effective. Um, it doesn't matter if you want it or not, your clients deserve it. And I think that I'm, I'm doing the best that I can do for my clients and I will continue to, to be there for them and support them and to hopefully inspire and encourage others to, to support our raza and, and do the great work that, that a, lot of, a lot of youth and a lot of first generation students and individuals are out there doing. Oh, I appreciate you, Liliana. Thank you for speaking to us. It was, it was really nice to hear even more about your story and I appreciate you for being vulnerable and for being real and open because it, it's needed. Thank you so much, Liliana, for stopping by the Plot Twist Sala. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I had such a good time talking to Liliana. We got to learn so much about their journey, so much about how they got to where they're at today. As I said before, all the information for the show is going to be in the notes. So feel free to check that out. If you guys need any of the information so far, let's get into the last segment. It is time to open La Gaveta. This is the last segment of the show where we open the drawer and take something random out, something hella miscellaneous. What we are pulling out of the Gaveta today is our emotions. I wanted to have a quick conversation about how our emotions are showing up. There's so much going on in the world right fucking now. Like right now, there's so much going on. We got I mean, there's always a lot going on, right? I mean, when does it ever stop? Seriously, when does it ever stop? But right now, it does seem a little bit extra historic from, you know, the back-to-back mass shootings that were going on, you know, literally coast-to-coast, Atlanta, Colorado, California. (sighs) So sad, man. Um, Truly, it's really overwhelming, it just doesn't seem to ever want to stop. And then we have the trial for Derek Chauvin, the police officer that murdered George Floyd. And so there's just all of these things happening at the same time while we all live regular lives. It's a lot. It's really a lot. And I'm kind of an extrovert, right? introverted in my own respective ways but I'm very much an extrovert in the way that people say that they can tell that something's off when it's off and they can tell that I'm on when I'm on you know um it's easy for me to talk about the things that make me happy or the things that I like you know things that are generally uplifting and and happy and inspiring and shit like that you know all the sunshine and, you know, daffodils are always nice to look at and always nice to talk about. But I don't know why we, maybe it's a society thing, so I'm going to dare to say we, but it seems like we always prioritize all of the happy and the good light things. And when it comes to the dark and the kind of troubling things, 
sure, it is painful and very hard to go to, but if we experience the happy, don't you think that we should tap into the sad as well? Like, don't you think we're neglecting a really important side of ourselves? The dark and the uncared for, the the corner that might feel a little dusty and um, that needs some tending. I don't know. Personally, I'm trying to get better at talking about those deeper emotions. I'm not saying I'm trying to talk about that all day, every day. But when I do talk about it, I try to be okay and try to, you know, I try to find healing when I can. So with all the things that have been going on, um, I'm not sure if I even mentioned um, what's going on with DMX, you know, with the um, with the crisis that he's going through and him being on life support. All of these things, man, all of them, they're so tragic and they're so unique in their own way that they affect different chapters of our life or different people in our life in different ways, you know? Something that's been very helpful for me has been the Headspace app. Highly suggest you guys check that out. I'm not sure if I've ever talked about it on this podcast, but go ahead and give it a try. There's a few sessions um, and different features that you can do for free. Uh, There's also the paid version. I got the free version. So um, I've definitely been doing some guided meditation. If you can't do meditation on your own, I definitely recommend that. For those days that you do feel like you need to just flush out the mind of all those deep thoughts, you know, because it's good to get there. I feel like it's definitely good to, to heal and to go to those sometimes dark thoughts and dark um, memories that we haven't really healed and touched yet. Um, But, you know, it's good to also not dwell on them for too long. And meditation has helped me immensely. (laughs) Um, Maybe not immensely, maybe a little bit, because I haven't dove that deep into my whole meditation journey. However, it has been dope. So I do recommend getting you a little Headspace app and checking it out. So, um, yeah, guys, that's that on that. Out how to get a vaccine as soon as possible. I suggest you all do the same so we can all move the fuck on. Hope you guys liked this episode. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be back next Tuesday with episode 50. I'm so excited for the big five. Oh, mi gente, la cincuentañera. We are going to be having a pretty fun guest. So stick around, y'all. Subscribe, share, rate, review, all of the things. Bye, guys. See you next week.